Welcome to the Word of Life Center podcast. It's our desire that today's message would equip and empower you to see the Word of God bring life to your life. Uh, the series, excuse me, the uh, message this morning that I have for you is titled Commandments for Rich People. Commandments for Rich People. And but before we uh, get into the sermon today or begin with the sermon today, I want to welcome everybody who's watching on live stream. Maybe you're watching on live stream. Maybe you're watching. Uh, uh, it is an uh, archived message, but nevertheless, we want to welcome you to Word of Life Center. So Word of Life, let's give, in, give everybody who's watching a great big warm welcome. Yeah, they're part of the service. Through technology, they're able to be a part of, uh, of this moment in this time. And we also want to say to you, uh, we'd love to see you in person sometime. So if you live here or you're just traveling through the area, drop by and uh, see us, say hello, be a part of a service. And we promise you, we will treat you like this is your home. And uh, we'll love on you and be a real, real blessing to you. Um, this past week, uh, Pastor Sam gathered us, uh, staff, and uh, we, we've been working on uh, our vision and values and getting better at articulating it. And it's not that we've not been doing some great things for many years because we have, but we feel very, very strongly that it's important that we clearly define, clearly define our vision and values, our mission, and make sure that all of us as a church were on the same page. Because um, how many knows that, that w- together we can make some greater things happen? Amen. And the Bible says that without vision, people what? One translation says that, that they get scattered. And I believe this, if, if, you, if, 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 you don't, if, if, if a church or an organization doesn't have vision, what will happen is this, they'll begin to pull against. But when you have vision and you're very clear on the vision, what happens is, is that you begin to pull for something. Amen. Amen? And, and so this past week, Pastor gathered us and began to talk to us about what we do as a church. This is what we do. And if you don't get this written down uh, when I'm talking to you about this, I'm sharing this with you, don't worry. You're going to see it all over the place, all right? You're going to see it. There's no way that you'll be able to miss it because this, what we're about to talk about, this is just our life. This is how we roll, so to speak. So what do we do here at Word of Life Center? What do we do? Here's what we do. We are focused. We are focused. We are very intentional in doing this. This is what we do here at Word of Life. We help people know God. We help people know God. We help people discover their purpose. And we help them make a difference. We help people know God. Why? Because there are a lot of people who know about God, but they don't know God. And we can, they can come to know God through us. Amen? And so there are a lot of folks out there that need to know God and we're here to help them know God. We're, but, but, but that's just part of their story. That's just part of the journey. Next, next thing is that we want them to discover their purpose. What is it that God has for them to do? What is their purpose on this planet? What is their purpose in the earth? Because a, 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 a person with purpose and then understands God's purpose for their life is a very powerful individual. They, they make a difference. And, and ultimately, that's the next part, is that we help them, we help them make a what? We help them make a difference. That is what we do here at Word of Life Center. As a matter of fact, we want this to become, we want this to saturate us so much, so much to the point, if you cut us, we would bleed this. We would bleed helping people to, 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 to know God. We would bleed to help people make a difference. We would, I mean, excuse me, discover his purpose. And we would bleed uh, helping individuals um, uh, make a difference. 
We would believe that and you would say, Pastor John, that's pretty extreme. I mean, that's, that's way out there that we would really just believe. Why, why would you say that? Why would we do that? Why would, be so, why would we be so passionate? And here's the reason. Here's the reason why. Here's the reason why we do this. Is that we share a common passion with Jesus. We share a common passion with Jesus. And you say, what is that passion? The passion is to build his church. Because when I say build his church, we're not talking about buildings. We're talking about people. Because when a person comes to, they know God. Don't know just about God, but they know God. When that, that same person begins to discover their purpose, why God created them. And when that person begins to make a difference, what happens is this. Is that Jesus' church is built it gets larger and it gets larger and again we're not just talking about buildings that that kind of stuff happens as a result of his church being built person by person family by family we share the same passion that jesus makes and see again we we want to bleed that is there anybody in the house that says you know i want to bleed that that's what we are here to do is there anybody here that believes that some of you do some of you're going to catch on i believe that you say, well, that bleeding thing, I don't know about that. Well, let me just say this. I believe that Matthew chapter 16, when Jesus stood and he talked to his disciples, he talked about this. He, he, he looked at the future and he, he says, there's a day coming where I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell are not prevailing against it. And if we could stand beside him in that moment in time and we would say, Jesus, what are you seeing when you're pointing, you're looking at the future and you're talking about building your church and the gates of hell not providing against it? What, what are you seeing? If he were in this moment, what was that that you were seeing, Jesus? I think that he would look at us and he would, be, he would say to us, at that point, I was seeing you. That, that's what I was seeing. You see, if that, at that moment when Jesus looked at that time, the time that we're living in, there was something in between him and that moment, the moment that we're living in right now. And you say, what is that? It was the cross. Amen. And Jesus was so passionate about making, making, uh, building his church, he was willing to shed his blood for it. And so if he was willing to shed his blood for it, we should be willing to shed ours. So that's what we do. And that's why we do it. Because we share a common passion with Jesus. And ladies and gentlemen, we're not backing up. We're not taking a break. We are moving forward and we are building his church. I don't care what the devil may throw. The Bible says that the gates of hell will not prevail against us because we are the church. Amen. Pastor also talked to us about our values. We have seven values here at Word of Life Center. The values are our stepping stone. The values are what we do, the practical things that we do. It affects our behavior. It affects really every, they affect really everything that we do. That's what values do. I'm going to take you through these seven values. I'm going to go through them pretty quickly. Uh, and you can write them down, but I promise you, you're going to have them. They're going to be all over the place. We will give you access to them. The first value that we have is simplicity in parentheses with excellence. Here's what we believe about simplicity. Life is complicated enough. Serving God shouldn't be. In other words, we're the way we preach, the way we teach, the way that we lead, the way that we, uh, the, the, the things that we have in place, the steps that we have in place, we're not going to make it complicated for people to serve God. Kind of a better amen than that. 
movement, we value movement locally and internationally. We meet people where they, uh, where they are to help them know God and discover his purpose. Watch this. And we create clear paths for every step of the way. We believe in movement. Just, just, just listen, hear me out here. Hear me out. There is no place called there. I've heard it for years. People say, well, when I get there, as a Christian, well, when I get there, when I get there, <laughs> there is no place called there. It does not exist. Wherever you are today, there is another step. I don't care if you've been serving God for four days or 40 years, there is another step. The Bible describes our life as a journey, as a walk. There should be what? Movement. There's always another step. There's always another step to take with God. So we believe and we value movement. We value unity. We create it. We protect it because his church should be a safe place. We value relationships. God created us to connect with others so his life could be shared. We learn, we laugh, when we grow together. We're only at our best when we're what? When we are connected. We believe in relationships. We believe in faithfulness. We refuse to be spiritual consumers. Because everything that comes to us is not for us. We refuse to be spiritual consumers. We believe that everything that comes to us is not what? Everything that comes to us that God gives us and God puts in our hands is not for us. We believe in faithfulness. We believe in expansion. We are thankful for who we have, but we will always want more. We are thankful for you. We're thankful for each other. But let me say this. We want more people. Listen to me. Why? Because Jesus wants more people. And that's why we're not going to waste today by not, by, we're not going to waste today by not planning for the expansion of tomorrow. We're always going to be making more room. We're always going to be thinking expansion. Can somebody say amen to that? Amen. And so today here, actually the next couple of Sundays, this last value, we're going to unpack this one. We're going to spend some time on it. The last value is generosity. I need my clock up, please. I need my counter, please. It's generosity. Here's what we say about generosity. We are over the top givers with every resource God has placed in our hands. We love to give and serve with uncommon generosity. Let me say this about this church. This church is one of the most generous churches I have ever seen in my entire life. You ought to be getting a little bit more excited than that. Millions, millions of dollars has been sown in through, because of you, through this church, because our pastor has a heart to reach people and touch people. Millions of dollars has been invested in the kingdom of God. This is a generous church. Listen, we're not just starting something new. We're building, we're building, we're building. I said, we're building on a mo the most phenomenal foundation. Listen, we are poised for greatness. Can somebody say amen to that? Because we're a generous church. We're a generous church. We're a generous church. This base, the scripture that we're, 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 we're basing this message on is this. It's 1 Timothy 6, 17. 6, 17 and 19. It's Apostle Paul, he's writing to his protege by name Timothy. He was a young pastor. And he is addressing a specific group of people. Actually, he's, he's coaching Timothy and how, she, how he should address some specific group of people that he has the privilege of leading. 
This is what he says. Command those who are rich. Everybody say rich. In this present world, not to be arrogant, not to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Pay close attention to this next verse. Command them, command them, command who? Who's he talking to? Paul is telling Timothy to talk to the rich people. To talk to the rich people. And he said, command the rich people to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous. Tell the rich folks to be what? Generous and willing to share. If you know that confession is good for the soul, but sometimes it can be bad for the reputation. I mean, does anybody ever get up and look at themselves in the mirror and go, you know what? You are the, one of the most selfish individuals I've ever met in my life. Who ever do that? Does anybody ever like to admit that I don't like to share? Well, let me tell you a quick story about, I'm going to tell on myself a little bit. Several years ago, matter of fact, when Sandy and I uh, first got married, we didn't have a lot of money, so we went where we could get cheap food. Somebody said, you know, we would say our, our conversation in regards to where we were going to go eat was really pretty short because we didn't have very much. So it was Sonic. Amen. Because you, especially when you could get the two for one deals and stuff like that. And so, so one, um, one, one evening, Sandy and I went uh, to Sonic and, and so I pull up there and I look at it and, 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 you know, the, the menu and I push the little red button and uh, the, the lady comes on and she says, how can I help you? And I, and I say, well, here's what I want. I want a, I want a Sunday and I want some uh, uh, caramel on it and I want some of those little nuts. How many, how many knows what I'm talking about? I want some of those little sprinkly things on top of there. And then, then I, then I turn to Sandy and I say, sweetheart, what do you want? And here's what she said to me. She said, I don't want anything. I just want to eat some of yours. (laughs) No, sweetheart, I'll order whatever you want. I mean, whatever you want. You want a chocolate shake? We'll get you a chocolate. You want another? You want a, you want a Sunday with caramel on it, with extra sprinkles on top? I will order that for you. No, no, I don't want that. I just want a bite of yours. <laughs> so I tell the little lady, hold, hold on, hold on, little lady. I, we've got a discussion we got to take care of, right? We got something we got to solve in the, in the, in the car right now. And I say, sweetheart, look, I'll buy you whatever. But that Sunday's mine. I'm not sharing it. I'm, I want all of it. <laughs> Remember, confession is good for the soul, but bad for the reputation. And I had to realize in that moment, it, it took me a bit of time. She probably caught on before me, but, but Sandy caught on before me. But, but I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, in that moment, I realized something about John, that John is a selfish person. I'm, I'm, I'm being selfish. Now. now we've learned, we've learned how to cloak certain things with Christianese. Because I began to say, well, John, you're just conservative. John, John, you're just frugal. John, John, you just got a weakness. But the reality of it is, no, 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 John, you are what? You're selfish. So this, this, when I started this sermon, I started out with this. I started out and said this. This message is about commandments for what? 
Most people in this room checked out when I said that. You're like, bless God. I'm not getting my toe stomped on today because I'm not rich. (laughs) Well, hold on. Get your feet on the floor because here we go. I want you to rethink that thought that you had when you thought, I'm not rich. You need to rethink that. and, 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 And here's why. You live in the richest nation on the planet. The United States has $63.5 trillion in total private wealth. It, has the, it holds the largest amount of money in the world. You live in that country. You live in that nation. The United States has 41.6% of all personal wealth in the world. Listen to this. If your wage is 32000 per year, you are in the top 1% wage earners in the world. Think about that. If your wage is 32000 per year, you are in the top 1% wage earners in the world. Listen, if you're here today and you're just struggling and you're saying, I don't even make that much, much listen, don't condemn yourself. I'm not saying this to make anybody feel bad at all. I just want you to realize, and God wants you to realize this, that you live in a great nation and you live in the most prosperous country in the world. And according to statistics, you very well could be, in the, as far as income goes, in the top 1% in the world. Now, how does it feel, you bunch of rich folks? Here's the deal. Most, most, when you leave this place this morning, most of you are going to go get in your car and you're going to drive home on paved roads. We don't think twice about that, right? I mean, we, we, we gripe if we got a couple potholes in our paved roads. Matter of fact, in Louisiana, you drive in Louisiana, you, you, you're really tempted to gripe, right? But, but you know, most and most people in the world, they, they never drive on paved roads. They don't even have paved roads. And so you're going to get back in your vehicle and you're going to drive, you're going to get in your car and you're going to drive. And when you get home for most, you're going to pull up in front of a house that has a place in a room where your car has its own room. And you're going to have to pull to one side of the driveway because you got to get past the other one that you got parked in there. And then you're going to push this button. You don't even have to get out to open the door. You just push the button and, and the room that keeps your car opens up. But, oh, you can't get in the garage because there's so much stuff in the garage. You can't get one of your two cars in there. Are you following me? All right. So you're going to walk in the room. You're going to walk in the house. And when you get in the house, you're going to go, oh, you know, it's a little cold in here. So then you're going to walk over to your thermostat because it's a little cold in the house and you're going to bump it up a little bit and you're going to create a climate in there that's just perfect for you. Before you left that morning, before you left this morning, you know what happened? You went to another room in your house where your clothes live. It's a private room for your clothes. And you're going to, you're going to, you know, you probably walked in and you looked 
as you're standing in your private room for your clothes and you said, I don't have anything to what? Bunch of rich folks. <laughs> Again, I'm not, saying, I'm not saying this to make anybody feel guilty. That's not why I'm saying this. That's not why we're talking about this. It's generosity things. Bunch of rich people. The reason that we're talking about this this morning is, is that we're just, I just want you to learn how rich people behave. I want you to learn how rich people behave. So the Bible gives us, the scripture gives us some commandments and they're found in this scripture that we just read earlier. So commandment number one, if you're writing it down, commandment to rich people, number one is this, is stay humble, stay humble, stay humble, stay humble. First Timothy six seventeen says, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, not to be arrogant, not to be arrogant. Listen, one of the things that we have to guard against is pride. It's pride. Because if, if we allow this, this attitude, it's really, it's really in the world today that says, you know what, I deserve this. And I even deserve stuff that I don't have, but I should have it just because I'm breathing. We can't, we can't let that come into our hearts. We can't let that seep into our souls, rich folks. Because the reality of it is this. The reality is this. If it was not for the mercy of God, if it was not for the mercy of God, if it was not for the mercy of God, we would not have what we have today. Some mercy. It's the mercy of God. Deuteronomy 8.18 says, but remember the Lord your God, for it is he who is giving you power to become what? Rich. Second commandment is this. The second commandment is trust God. Rich people. Trust God. First Timothy 6, 17 says, teach those who are rich in the world not to be proud, watch this, and not to trust in their money. Which is so unreliable their trust should be in God. Watch this again. Listen, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Listen, riches are used for leverage and not to be trusted in. It's the way rich people think. Rich people go, the, the reason that I have this stuff is for leverage then I'm going to use it for leverage. I'm going to use this, the riches that I have, the riches that I have at my disposal. I'm going to use it for leverage. In other words, I'm going to use it to help things move. I'm going to use it to help the kingdom move. I'm going to use it to help God, uh, help people know God and discover their purpose and make a difference. I'm going to use my wealth. I'm going to use my resources. I'm going to use it as leverage, listen to me, and not to be trusted in. Listen to this statement. God doesn't care. God, God doesn't care uh, about what you have. He cares about what you do with it. God doesn't care about what you have. He cares about what you do with it. Listen to what Paul said again. He said, teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in the money, which is so unreliable, but their trust should be in who? Watch this, in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. In other words, God doesn't care that we have what? Stuff. 
It just matters to him what we do with the stuff. I'm glad I came to church on a Sunday morning. How about you? Let me tell you something else about money. Money's not going to make you happy. Some of you are like, well, try me. Let me make up my mind if it'll make me happy. But I can tell you, I can tell you, money, money's not going to make you happy. Happiness is a choice. Happiness is a choice. Happiness is a what? It's a what? It's a choice. Money can't make you happy. But God can give you joy. I said God can give you what? He can give you joy. The next commandment is this. He said to do good to others. Do good to others. 1 Timothy 6.18 says, command those, command them. Who's he talking about? He's talking about who? Rich people. Command them to do good and to be rich in what? Good deeds. Command them. Listen to me. Did you notice the words that, that, that Paul told Timothy to use? Or that Paul told Timothy and how Timothy, Timothy should communicate to these rich people? He said, command them. This is not a suggestion. It's not a recommendation. He said, command them to do what? To do what? Do good. Be good to others. To do good to what? To others. Sometimes people go, well, I just don't have a chance. If I had the chance to do good for somebody, I promise you I'd do it. Let's use our imagination just for a moment. And let's imagine Jesus just suddenly appeared. So he's up on the platform right now. I mean, I know you probably think, you and Jesus look a lot like, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> Not true. So, so Jesus is standing here and I'm beside him. And Jesus would look at us and he would go, there are 7 billion people on the planet right now. There's 7 billion people on the planet now. And I think he would repeat a scripture that he quoted, John 4, 35. Jesus says, you have a saying, four months till harvest. Watch this. But I tell you, open your eyes and look at the field ready for the harvest. So I think Jesus would say, <laughs> there's 7 billion people on the planet right now. Listen. Part of them are walking by you, are working by you every single day. This is what he would say. He would say, one translation says, lift up your eyes. He said, Stop saying that I'm going to do something one day and that the harvest is one day. He said, quit it. He says this, lift up your eyes because there are people walking by you every single day. There are opportunities every single what? Every day. Now here, here, here's here, here's. Rich folks, here, here, here's, here's what we need to hear. He says, lift up your eyes. Listen, and look for them. Look for those that come across your path. Watch this, and do something for them. 
Watch this. This is, please get this part. Do something for them and connect the deed. This is what Jesus would say to us. Connect the deed with me. Rich folks, look for opportunities to do good things to people. But watch this. Connect the deed to me. Because what happens is, it's because if we just, we're going through life and we see that person and God, the Holy Spirit says, hey, once you bless that person, do something, do a good deed for that person, rich person. If, if, if we don't connect the deed to God or to Jesus, they could just think it's good luck. They could say, it was my lucky day. No, 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 no. We're missing it if we don't connect doing the good deed to God. Because, listen, people are all around us all of the time, and, and they, are, they are desperate to know God. They are desperate to know that God hasn't forgotten about them. They are desperate to know that God loves them. And if we would just lift up our eyes and do some good deeds and connect the deed with God, they'll realize God has not forgotten about me. He remembered my moment. He knows where I'm at. And he sent a message to me through the deed. Yeah, you, God still loves me. Several months ago, I was standing in line at a, at a uh, actually it was in a pharmacy and, and I'm standing in line and there was a gentleman, an older gentleman in front of me and his name, I met him and, uh, later and got his name. His name was uh, Mr. Adam. And uh, so, of course, I was in a hurry waiting in line and I don't like waiting in lines. I mean, here's I like waiting in lines, but sometimes it's necessary. So I'm, I'm waiting in line and, and, and Mr. Adam is having a problem with his insurance. The, 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 the lady that's uh, checking, serving him, uh, was, I heard her say, he's got a problem. Uh, sir, you got a problem with your insurance. It's, it's, something's not working right. And, and I saw him, he began to, he began to you know, to, to get some more money out of his, like, he, you know, he kind of went in his billfold for that, that, that money that you kind of hide you know what I'm talking about, that, that hiding money. So I saw, I knew, I knew exactly because he was digging for it. And I knew that's not, his, that's not his spending money, so to speak. And right there in the moment, right there in the moment, God spoke to me and said, you pay for his prescription. He told me, pay for his prescription. So I, 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 I was behind the lady, excuse me, behind Mr. Adam, his back was to me. And I told the lady, I said, And so the lady just saw me and she kind of did, gave me the, okay, I got you. So she said, Mr. Adam, hold on just a moment. We're going to uh, get your prescription together. Why don't you go have a seat right over there? So I walked up. I got what I was there to get. And she gave me the, uh, uh, no, no, I paid for it. And then, then uh, she said, uh, I turned and walked away. And then I heard her say, Mr. Adam, your prescription's ready. Come and sign for it. So he, he got up, got up there and signed for it. And, and, and so I walked away. And didn't say anything to Adam, Mr. Adam, but on the way out, I didn't get out of the, I didn't get out of the store good. I wasn't all, all the way out of the store, uh, and I felt like the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, you go back and tell him that I love him. In other words, go back and connect the deed to me. I stopped, turned around, walked back. Mr. Adam was still back there when he got through checking out or signing for his prescription. I told him, I said, Mr. Adam... Uh, uh, you know that I paid for that. And he said, yes, sir, I just I appreciate it. And I said, I want you to know this. This is what God wants you to know. Uh, God wants you to know that he loves you and he hasn't forgotten about you. Yeah. 
He said, my wife has been praying for me. This is his, my wife has been praying for me and, and, and I know this is an answer to her prayer. Amen. Hey, listen, listen, and I, I'm not, I promise you, I'm not trying to say I'm anybody special, but I learned something that moment that we gotta make sure that we're connecting the deeds to God. Amen. Commandment number four. Commandment number four is this, is be prepared. Rich people are prepared. Be prepared to be generous. First Timothy 6, 18, command them to do good. Talking about the rich people. To be rich in good deeds and to be generous, watch this, and willing, willing to share. In other words, I have an attitude. I'm willing to share. You don't have to make me share I look for opportunities to share. Watch this. And I even make a plan to share. Here's what Isaiah 32, 8 says. It says, but generous people plan to do what is what? <laughs> it's not a trick question. I think it's right up there. <laughs> but generous people plan to do what is what? Generous. They plan to do it. And they stand firm in their what? They stand firm in their generosity. But they do what? The point that I want to make here is that they plan to do it. Let me ask you a question. How many people in this room, don't raise your hand unless you want to. How many people in this room still carry cash so you can be a blessing to a person when God asks you to be a blessing to a person? I heard a ooh. Ooh. Because you know what? You got to plan. To go by the ATM to get some money in fives, tens, whatever. Are you following me? Yes. It takes a plan so that when God speaks to you, you can do the deed and connect him with it. Are you following me? Yes. So what we've done is that we've come up with a plan here at Word of Life Center to help you rich folks. Go figure. We've come up with a plan. So when you walked in this morning, you got some of these. We're going to call these, these, these will be permanent fixtures around here. These are just called generous cards. Okay, you got some of these. How many got some of these when you came in? Anybody got any? All right. So if you didn't, make sure on the way out that you grab some. Uh, the greeters will be there and they will get you some cards. But also, also we're going to have them just all over the place. From the information center, you'll, if they're not already in there, you'll start to see them in the restrooms. <laughs> we're going to have just everywhere where you can just grab them. On the way, you're going to have access to them because we are rich folks and we behave like rich folks and we make plans. Amen. And so what, listen now, what we want you to do is we want you to take these and just keep them with you. Gentlemen, keep them in your billfold, your pockets, keep them in your vehicle, ladies, purse, wherever you can have them with you all the time. Take a handful and when you run out, when you're back at the, at the, on campus, grab some more of it, all right? Grab some more of them. And, and so keep them with you. And as you're going through the week, just lift up your eyes. Just lift up your eyes, number one, lift up your eyes and say, Father God, Holy Spirit, anytime you want to talk to me, I'm ready and willing. All right. You, you, may be in a, you may be going through a Starbucks. I'm not endorsing Starbucks, but you may be going through a Starbucks uh, drive-thru. 
We've, I've done this one before and I love doing this one. Uh, uh, you go through the Starbucks drive-through and when you get there, you tell the person who, that you, you know, you're, you're waiting to pay for your coffee or mocha, whatever you're drinking. You, you wanna pay for yours and say, listen, I wanna pay it for the person behind me and when they drive forward, give them this. Or you go to a restaurant, you go to a restaurant and you're there, you're eating and all of a sudden God, the Holy Spirit begins to speak to your heart about giving, giving that waitress or that waiter a little extra big tip. Not, listen, not, not a skimpy, wimpy tip. Come on now. We don't believe in giving skimpy and wimpy tips and dear God please never leave one of these on the table without a big tip come on now I don't know if God can forgive you if you I don't know if you go to heaven I don't know don't chance it don't don't chance it I'm telling you don't chance it but listen you got to be prepared or maybe you, you work in a place where there's a break room and, and, and you, you could and, 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 and go by before work, got a plan. Leave a little early, go by, get the thing of donuts or a vegetable tray. <laughs> donuts. <laughs> and put it in the break room and just take a handful of cards and leave in there. Because on the card it says something extra to remind you that God loves you. Amen. Amen. Connect. Connect God with the deed and make a plan to do it. Next week, I'm gonna share some of the responses that we've gotten. We've, we've done this on the Lake Charles campus and you would not imagine some of the responses that we've gotten. It's just amazing. Rich people, as I close, rich people think generosity. Rich people think about making a plan because they want to make a difference in somebody's life. You say, Pastor John, why are you trying to get me to do something? No, I really am not. I, I'm, I'm really not. I'm trying to get you to be something. Oh, you pastors, you're always trying to get us to do something. No, 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 no. We're just trying to get you to be something. And here's why. Here's why. Listen to me. Here's why. Because Christians all the time, they're walking around. They're going to church. They're hearing great messages and they're hearing great words. They're experiencing phenomenal worship. They have the opportunity to serve, but they're just like, you know what? Something's missing. Something, something's missing. You say, what is it, Pastor? Tell me what it is, because I'm there right now. I just feel like I'm missing something. Here's what, here's what you could be missing. You're missing lifting up your eyes and acting like rich people. That's what you're missing. Because when you do that, when you begin to do that, you'll begin to discover what you've been missing. You'll go, ah, oh, that's, that's what it was. I've been focused on me and my world. And there's a world out there. There's a world. And I might not have seven billion people walk by me, but I got a few of them. And I'm going to lift up my eyes and I'm going to listen and I'm going to have a plan 
So when God says move, I move. I make the move. 1 Timothy 6.19 says in this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age. There's a message in that. Watch this though, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. When you think like rich people, you're going to act like rich people in God's hands. That's when you really, truly begin to experience life. That's when you come alive. When I left the store that day with Mr. Adam, I don't know who felt better. I really don't. Because I was on cloud 25. Because I knew, I knew that man connected with God that day. I'm, it's like, this is life. This is what it's all about. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Word of Life Center podcast. You can connect with us on Facebook and Twitter or at our website, wordoflifecenter.org.